impeachments begin. Happy Wednesday. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110 are the phone numbers. The email, as always, Pete at the Pete Callender Show dot com. Callender with a K. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Pete Callender. And uh, you can actually, if you follow me on Twitter, you will see, uh, like in real time, how I kind of build the show every day. Uh, not that everything I tweet about is going to make it onto the program, but you can, you'll see some of the stuff as it starts kind of coalescing around uh, the the themes of the shows. Anyway, um, yeah. So the impeachments are already underway. Look, I did not, I did not advocate uh, for this new standard. Right. This new standard was brought to us by the Democrats under Nancy Pelosi, where they sought to placate their angry base by constantly impeaching uh, Donald Trump. And uh, at the time, I said, I'm not really so sure. I actually did uh, an entire dramatic uh, reproduction or dramatization of the uh, of the phone call. At the time when the transcript came out, remember, they released the transcript of the phone call with the Ukrainian president Zelensky between Trump and Zelensky. And um, I we did a reading of it where I played the role of Zelensky and my producer played the role of Donald Trump. And he did. uh, Actually, no, I take it back. I'm sorry. It was. uh, I believe it was my old boss who did a very good Donald Trump impression. Anyway, this was up in Asheville. So I know what the call was about and I disagreed that that was worthy of impeachment, but the House moved forward with it anyway. Of course, the Senate did not convict on it. And uh, I said, look, maybe this is the way to go now. Maybe Democrats are actually on to something. We should just always have a standing impeachment. Like you get sworn in, you get inaugurated as president, and then uh, ceremony's over, and then boom, here comes the uh, articles of impeachment. And they're just kind of, you could just leave it blank. But you're just always operating under the threat of impeachment. We're just going to fill in some blank. You make a phone call, whatever, uh, that we don't like. Impeachment. And so now Republicans are turning about. And that's fair play from what I understand. Right? So first, there is, uh, we've got now a Texas Republican who has filed articles of impeachment. Not against Joe Biden yet. We are going to get to the documents at UPenn, which, by the way, UPenn got, I just saw this come across the the, the free beat. The Washington Free Beacon has the story where the University of Pennsylvania, I guess that's Penn State. UPenn, is that what they call Penn State or do they call Penn State Penn State? And UPenn is something else. I don't know. I don't care. As a native New Yorker, we don't really pay much attention to Pennsylvania. They're like, we're part of the tri-state. No, you're not. Anyway, um, so the the... UPenn people, the school got like a three and a half million dollar, quote, donation from some Chinese shell company. And the name of this company, what was it? Nice, famous corporation, LTD. That was the name of it. (laughs) Nice, famous corporation (laughs) like that. That doesn't trip any alarms for anybody. No, not a single one. Oh, we are a nice, famous corporation. Please take our money so we may influence academia. Anyway, um, not this is not about Joe Biden yet. This is about actually something I heard Brett Winterbull talk about like months ago. 
uh, three to six here on WBT. He was talking about impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, impeaching him. And here we go. Texas Republican Pat Fallon filed articles of impeachment accusing Mayorkas of failing to secure the southern border and compounding already low morale among border agents. Okay, I don't know if keeping up the morale of border agents is uh, is an impeachable offense. But I think you can make a compelling argument that he has not upheld his oath of office because I don't know what is more fundamental to protecting America from enemies, foreign and domestic. I don't like... Like the whole point of the border is to delineate where the country is. And so if you're charged with protecting said country, delineated by said border lines, if you don't protect those border lines, then it seems to me like you're not protecting the country, right? Like I'm a simple guy. Uh, A equals B, B equals C, so A equals C. That's kind of how I apply logic to these types of things. The record-breaking number of illegal alien encounters, including more than one million known gotaways, as well as the record seizures of deadly fentanyl and other contraband, prove that Secretary Mayorkas has not ensured operational control of the southern border. So first of all, we got to get rid of this term gotaways. There has to be a better term. I mean, if we can come up with a term like votainer, why can't we come up with a better term for gotaways? So I throw that out to you. Do you have any, if you have any, fleers? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. There are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. The other point here is if, you're, if you know that a million people have gotten away or fled or whatever, didn't show, no appears, whatever, catch and release, releases, really, whatever, I'm just still working it through. So if you know of a million that have gotten away, then you know there are others that we don't know about, right? The old Rumsfeldian known knowns and known unknowns and unknown unknowns, right? Things that you don't know, you don't know. But in this case, we know there is a large number. We don't know how big it is, but we know there is a number of people who got away that that were not counted. Right? These, this would be the known unknowns. So it kind of seems to me like that would be indicative, a record number of gotaways, known unknowns, a record number of, the, of them plus the ones that we don't know about. That seems to me like yeah, you, you, you do not have operational control over the southern border. That seems pretty obvious. So that's the first article of MP. Oh, by the way, I think I said this uh, yesterday, the uh, the costs to El Paso. Did you hear this also that Joe Biden or, or uh, uh, Blinken, Anthony Blinken, he of the garage band fame, he was like, um, oh, yeah, well, we went to the went to the migrant processing center or whatever it was. And uh, there were no migrants there just at that time. Really? Really, just coincidentally, a town that's being overrun with thousands of people every single day and you happen to go to the processing place or this relief facility or wherever it is that you went. And it just so happened that at that time, at that day, there wasn't a single migrant that was there for you to talk with. Not a single one. Isn't that 
amazing. Oh, and all of the streets got cleaned up. Everybody got moved away from the scene so nobody could be in a bad photo op with the president. The cost to El Paso, Texas, is somewhere in the neighborhood of $300,000 per day. They're going to bankrupt that city. The federal government is going to bankrupt El Paso, Texas, and other cities that cannot pay for, cannot keep up with the surge of humans that are coming into their city seeking shelter and food and medical attention. They can't, they can't, they can't do it. So I'd say that's a loss of operational control. So that's the first impeachment. Now, Andy McCarthy over at National Review, he makes the argument for the same reasons, essentially, that Joe Biden should be impeached over the southern border as well. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Mm-hmm. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. We'll go to the phones here. Hello, Dean. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. How about you? I am good. Did you have a good holiday? Very nice. Very, good. very nice. Um, I have a lot to be grateful for. Um, hey, I, I, I know you're a fan of the weird and unexplained on the southern border, but did you see where uh, when Biden was down there and, you know, neglected to visit all the places he should have gone, he went to the Salvation Army? Yeah. And he met some of the people, and there was a, a guy there in the Salvation Army, you know, the kind that are by the kettle mm-hmm. that, you know, everybody in the world seen? Well, he walks up and shakes his hand and starts telling them how his uncle and grandfather were in the war and how they fought and everything. And you can just see the guy's face just sort of like, like trying to figure out what exactly to say. And it was one of the most hilarious things. He said something like, oh, yeah, I was over in some other parts of the world with Secret Service or something. Yeah, it was just just weird. Yes, it really was like, like, you know, I, I don't know if, I know those uniforms sort of look sort of military. Yeah, maybe. But if he's never been out of his house to the plaza. He probably, you know, maybe got confused. But well, maybe there's some kind of cone of, uh, I don't know. Well, think about it though. Let's, I mean, give the. Let's think about it. If we assume, all right, the guy has been in Washington for what, fifty years, sixty years, or something, right? He's been there forever. There When's the last yeah. time do you think he actually himself made a run to the grocery store? No, you know what? I know you. I knew you would give some clarity to the moment. So, are we to forgive him, or are we to say this is a problem? I think we should impeach him over it. I'm on board All with right. the new state. Yeah, I'm on board with this new standard. Just a just a standing impeachment threat, just all the time for everything for the against the president. I think we should impeach him over it. Pete, if you started a declaration, can can our <laughs> us callers verbally, you know, sign it? Like so, or do you, we have I don't to know. Uh, no, it, well, it's not. I mean, we we can try like we could try calling uh, like the switchboards at Congress and stuff. But I think so. I don't think you impeach him strictly because he didn't know that the Salvation Army guy wasn't actually an army guy. Um, I think I think you use it as a piece of evidence in a larger case to be built. Uh, to exercise what the 25th Amendment, I believe, is what the Democrats wanted to exercise against Donald Trump because they said he was mentally incompetent for the job. And so 
uh, and they were using like all of these uh, pieces of evidence like, oh, he stands forward on his uh, towards his the, the, the toes. He leans forward as he stands and that's a sign of dementia. And they had all of these diagnoses going and they were like, exercise the 25th Amendment. And so I, I think we use that as just one piece of evidence in the impeachment trial to say uh, he's incompetent. So, so, to, so to be correct, is Biden lowering the bar or raising the bar for incompetency? Well, it's a different way. Right, I think well, you mean uh, versus Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like uh, Donald Trump was incompetent in different ways. Like, for example, I think a lot of the people he surrounded himself with, um, he wasn't competent at politics, I don't believe. Um, and, mm-hmm. and some people like that about him, that he wasn't he was an outsider or whatever. I think Joe Biden has a different level of incompetence that not just borne out over the 50 years in public office where he's been wrong about almost every single thing he's ever uttered, but um, and the lying and the plagiarism and all of that. So the bar gets even lower. But now you layer in there the incompetence due to uh, the decline in mental faculties and. I'm thinking this is uh, this is a very, very low bar, probably the kind of low bar we haven't seen since maybe Woodrow Wilson. So if you're connecting the dots, the longer you're in the political limelight, and that's, uh, the, the less um, sense you're going to make. Not necessarily. Well, I mean, not, well, I guess if you stay in forever, but I mean, look at Charles Grassley. That guy, he's what? I think he was 127, and he just announced he's running again for another six-year Senate term. And he still seems... Uh, you know, lucid and he's able to articulate his arguments and that sort of thing. Now, I think there should be age limits uh, for uh, for public office. Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm open to be persuaded on what particular age that is. Uh, but I think I think Grassley's I, I, honestly, I think he's like 80 something. You know, he's like 86 or something. And like that's to me, that is that's that that's too old. That to me is too old because there's it's almost assured that you're not going to serve out the length of that term. And I don't know. I just, I think you need to clear the field and let somebody else uh, govern, you know? Um, yeah. But I, 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 but I believe that since Strom Thurmond was running for reelection in the first election that I could vote in, in South Carolina. So he, he just, he, he was, and he was in his nineties as well. So good point. Yeah. Well, thank you. Dean, appreciate the call, sir. Uh, good to talk with you. Um, there was uh, reading here. There was uh, the, so the North Carolina House opened uh, or, or the General Assembly, I should say, uh, convened today. They're meeting back uh, now for the long session getting underway today. And today is just basically procedural, um, you know, open the session. They don't really do any kind of real work today. But um, so apparently there was a medical emergency on the floor of the House. They had to stop. It appears to involve Representative William Brisson. He is a Republican from Bladen County. Uh, he was pulled out of the chamber in a chair, uh, but he was, according to Colin Campbell, he is a reporter uh, for the North Carolina Tribune, formerly of the News and Observer, I believe. He um, Brisson was pulled out of the chamber in a chair, but was speaking with nurses outside. So we hope he is doing okay, but that is the latest from up in Raleigh. News Talk 1110 WBT. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pete, if we impeach Joe Biden and we throw him out, he gets convicted. I mean, I doubt it's going to happen. But what if, right? 
You impeach him, he gets tossed. Then we, we're stuck with Kamala Harris. Aha! I thought about that. I've already gamed this out. So after you impeach Joe Biden, and then the Senate, for some reason, says, yeah, he's actually mentally incompetent, and he's left our southern border unsecure. So, like, all right, gone. Then Vice President Harris assumes the role. She is now president. You file articles of impeachment against her immediately there because she was in charge of the border, too. So if you got Biden convicted on it, well, she has to be convicted. And then President McCarthy. There you go. That's how that happens. I've already thought this through. Also, while we're at it, how about Transportation Secretary Pete Bootygig? How about we get rid of him, too? What's going on with the airlines today? Good Lord. What like I don't remember there ever being as many problems with transportation since we put the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, in charge of transportation in America, right? I not that they're in charge. Nobody like nobody even thinks about who the transportation secretary is until something bad goes wrong, right? And we've had to like think about booty gig now for like three times. We got the, 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 the ports thing. We got the airlines thing. And then I know another airlines thing. Right. Okay. So, right. Three different things. Three different times we've had to ask, where's Pete Booty Gig? And we should never have to ask that ever. So, impeach him too. In Mayorkas, at Homeland Security, just everyone, just to be safe. You can't look at You don't know. You don't know until you start trying and you don't know how many you need to weed out before things start getting better. Here's another one Trumpka, Richard Trumpka. That dude, he's a commissioner, not the, he was the, I think he's the son of the labor boss guy, right? I think that's right. Or maybe it's him. No, I think Trumpka died. Daddy Trumpka died. I think the father died. So I think this is, anyway, this guy, Richard Trumpka, he's on the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Once again, an organization and a a GovCo agency that we never, ever think about. You never hear the CPSC. Right. Every now and again, maybe you'll hear about a recall or something, but you could not name until I just gave you Richard Trumka's name. You could not name any member of the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Do you know who the chairman is? Who's the chair? Who's the chair of the Consumer Product Safety Commission? No one knows. Well, we do now because they sent out an email or a a, a statement. Alexander D. Hohen Sarek. H-O-E-H-N dash S-A-R-I-C. So, oh, maybe that's Hain, Hain Sarek, Hain Sarek, Hain Sarik. Had to put out a statement today. Why? Because people are chaining themselves to their gas stove saying, over my cold, dead body, will you get my gas stove? Which would be difficult because it's a gas stove. It'll keep you warm. So, over my warm, dead body, Right. You're not getting our gas stoves. Why would people think that someone's coming for their gas stoves? Because Richard Trumka started running his mouth about, hey, we're coming after your gas stoves. And apparently, this has been something, uh, not boiling, I should say. It's more of a gurgling. It's just kind of like a, kind of not really boiling, full boil, like a simmer. But the simmer comes after the boil. So it didn't boil for it. Anyway, it's been brewing for a while on the left among the uh, the the climate change activist wing of the Democrat party. Because apparently when you cook with gas, it releases fumes or something. And that's climate change. It's as bad as cow farts or something. I don't know, but they're like, Oh, it also causes asthma, which you would think then there'd be like all these kids with asthma that would be 
you know, in the homes. Oh, and Jill Biden, doctor, sorry, doctor Jill Biden, she would have asthma. Maybe that's uh, to, maybe that explains Joe Biden's uh, mental incompetencies recently. He's been hanging around the gas stove a little bit too much. I don't know. I was never aware of these problems before, like, two days ago. But now apparently everybody on social media is an expert on gas stoves. So the chairman, do you remember his name? No. See, you don't even remember his name. I gave, I just gave you the guy's name and nobody even remembers his name. Alexander Hoen Sarek. He says over the past several days, there have been a lot of attention paid. There has been a lot of attention paid to gas stove emissions and to the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Research indicates that emissions from gas stoves can be hazardous, and the CPSC is looking for ways to reduce related indoor air quality hazards. By the way, I have an aside on this one. I've come up with a solution to reduce negative health impacts from breathing indoor air. You know what it is? Here it is. Very simple. It's not going to cost anything either. Stop breathing inside. I think that solves the problem. If you just don't breathe in while you're inside, and you could do like a whole marketing campaign, you know, breathe out outside. Out, outside, only out, outside, or only in, outside, something like that. You can do like a whole, like a, a, a jingle around it. Anyway, to be clear, says the chairman, do you remember his name? No, say exactly. Okay. To be clear, I am not looking to ban gas stoves, and the CPSC has no proceeding to do so. CPSC is researching gas emissions in stoves and exploring new ways to address any health risks. CPSC also is actively engaged in strengthening voluntary safety standards for gas stoves. This spring, we will be asking the public to provide us with information about gas stove emissions and potential solutions for reducing any associated risks. I got one. Don't buy a house with a gas stove. Don't install a gas stove. There you go. You're welcome. And don't breathe inside. This is part of our product safety mission, learning about hazards and working to make products safer. You're not working to make gas stoves safer. You're looking to get rid of them. That's my understanding of it. By the way, I also found this out yesterday. If you, if you cut onions next to the, uh, the gas stove as it's burning, like while it's on, it reduces the crying around the cutting of the onions. I mean, at least until like... Yeah, until like the onion falls into the flame, you go to grab it, you burn yourself, then there might be some crying. But the uh, the crying from the onions is apparently mitigated by whatever is, you know, killing your lungs off of the gas stove. Yeah, so clean up on aisle Trumpka going on. So impeach him too. Just impeach. You know what? While we're at it, the entire con- uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission, impeach all of them. Just uh, all of them. Like, I am, I'm handing out the impeach hammer just to everybody. Anybody that I don't like in the administration, just bam, impeach them. Impeach her. Impeach them. Impeach G. Well, and not the communist dictator, but the, well, I mean, I guess we could try to impeach him, too. Sure, while we're at it, impeach him, too. All right, Andrew McCarthy is making the case to impeach Biden over the security catastrophe he has caused at the border. He says, I know the votes for a conviction are not there at the moment in the Senate, right? And probably won't ever be. The Constitution requires a two-thirds Senate supermajority to convict and remove an elected official from office. And Biden's Democratic Party will hold a two-seat majority in the upper chamber for the next two years. Yet there must be an impeachment investigation. And if Biden fails to change course, articles of impeachment. They would forever stain him which he deserves 
More significantly, it would force the Senate to shut down other business and conduct a trial that would expose the depth of our security catastrophe and the fact that Democrats have willfully caused it. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Let's see here. Uh, oh, yeah. Jeff wanted to know if I was going to be talking about parking today. I can if you would like to resume the parking discussion. I mean, everybody wanted to weigh in on it yesterday. By the way, this is the what Rush used to call the stick to the issues crowd. People don't like it when you start talking about, well, like with Rush, it was about football or his iPhones. Right? <laughs> if you started talking about if he started talking about those things, then it was like, I don't want to hear that content. So you need to stop talking about it. You need to stick to the issues. That's what Limbaugh called the stick to the issues crowd. So, yes, I've seen your messages. People said, oh, I didn't like that topic you did yesterday. That's okay. I'm not going to do a topic every single day that everybody's going to like. It's going to happen. It's totally fine. You're not going to insult me or hurt my feelings if you're like, I got to go listen to something else. I got to put on one of your great podcasts from the other day, Pete. Like, that's okay, too. You could totally do that. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, then, Pete, when one looks at Biden's tax returns... One will see that contributions to charitable institutions are nearly zero. Joe not being able to identify a member of the Salvation Army uh, because Biden is a taker, not a giver like you. That's probably true. I think that's probably true. That was from uh, that was from dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. What happened with the. Uh, no, I didn't have my laptop plugged in again because I was watching a video during the break. I didn't want it to go out over the air of some crazy bicyclist in New York City screaming and yelling at a guy walking his dog. Okay. Because um, the dog apparently stepped a paw into the bike lane and this sent the bicyclist just into a furious rage. It's a pretty funny video. Anyway, Andy McCarthy making the argument in National Review that Joe Biden should be impeached over his dereliction of duty in protecting the southern border and for fi- and for actually making it worse and it will not he says it's not a matter of getting him convicted it's a matter of staining his reputation he will now also be uh, a, an impeached president and it forces the senate to shut down other business in order to conduct the trial and when you do that trial you're going to get to see all sorts of information and evidence about how they have been derelict in their duty. Now, if Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell don't fancy that prospect, here's a suggestion. Fix the freaking border. How about that? You could do that, and then we don't have the impeachment. I mean, on that topic, I would totally look to impeach on, like, all sorts of other things. Also, stop ramming through omnibus boondoggles that spend billions on processing and sheltering illegal aliens, but explicitly forbidding shifting American taxpayer funds to protect Americans by securing the border. The president's dereliction of duty, he says, has abetted a foreign invasion of so far approximately 6 million illegal aliens. A large number of these aliens are released into the country in violation of American law. And mind you, we haven't even faced the onslaught that awaits the rescission or the the elimination, right, the lifting of Title 42, Title 42 is the COVID-era restriction on immigration that the courts have blocked Biden from lifting since May. But Andy McCarthy went over this in an earlier column. 
that even though the Supreme Court has temporarily kept it in place, it's inevitable that it's going to get lifted because it is a pretext, he says, not a policy. Once it is lifted, the current rate of illegal immigration, which is now 6,785 apprehensions every day. So almost 6,800 apprehensions every day with another 2,000, quote, gotaways. You're at now, what, 68 plus 2,000, carry the 10, like 8,800 a day. They expect that number to double or triple once Title 42 is lifted, which it will be lifted at some point. To provide some perspective, during the Obama-Biden years, the Department of Homeland Security called it a crisis. Remember this? J. Johnson. Remember that guy? J. Johnson. But he pronounced it J, but it was spelled J-E-H, but J. Johnson. Yeah. Um, the, he said that a 1,000 a day was a crisis. That's what he, he said. It overwhelms the system. That was Obama's Secretary of Homeland Security, J. Johnson, who said a 1,000 a day overwhelms the system. And we are at 8,800. The surge was caused by the refusal of congressional Democrats to cooperate in Trump's signature border security priority. It was quelled because Trump induced cooperation from other countries. Thanks to Biden's wholesale adoption of transnational progressive radicalism, we are now at seven times the number that Johnson conceded would constitute a crisis. Post-Title 42, McCarthy goes on to say we could find ourselves... At 18 times that amount, maybe more. And that's just the apprehensions, not the gotaways. By what multiple must a president intentionally metastasize a crisis for the benefit of foreigners and to the ruin of the American people before he's impeached? Every now and again, when I go through show prep and I read, I read a lot, I read all day. People ask me, how, how much do you uh, show prep and where do you go? What do you read? And I tell, I have said the same thing because this is my rule of thumb. It's two hours of prep for every one hour on air. So six hours of prep. And what is prep? It could be anything from, you know, background conversations with people. It can be uh, trading emails with people. But mostly it's reading. Six hours of prep for three hours on air every day. And I always end up with more prep. But I never want to get caught short. But in doing all of that prep, I come across... Uh, questions or I come across statements that I find to be particularly clarifying. And this is one of those statements. This should be, and this is, it's a question, and this should be a question that gets asked of every elected official that has any impact or influence or responsibility when it comes to immigration. By what multiple, by what multiple is it too much, right? What Number is too many. It's the same question I ask about per-pupil funding. Same thing about uh, teacher pay. Right? What is the number? If a 1,000 is overwhelming, what multiple, what multiple does it become impeachable? I think that's a fair question. Uh-huh.